this morning, what I want to talk to you about is a message is entitled God with us. And so I'd like to read to you from Matthew chapter one, verse 18 through verse 25. And uh, it says this, the screens will, the, the screen, the scriptures will be up on the screens also here. And so this is how Jesus, the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. He did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. He did not have sexual relations with her until she, her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. And I love how Matthew just kind of tells the story here like it's a normal occurrence in human history. And really it's anything but normal. It's absolutely extraordinary what happens here. I mean, God is entering into human history here. And Joseph then is going to encounter God. What I want us to see is this. What I want us to see is this. Every single person in here, every single person here, if you're going to encounter God, this is what will happen in your life. The very, the very four things we're going to unpack here this morning, this is what could happen in your life here. And so uh, it says here, you know, Joseph, and we got a feel for Joseph. We really don't know much about him here. Uh, Joseph is the man that takes on the role of raising Jesus, you know, a slightly intimidating role there. And, uh, and he's an ordinary guy. What I want us to see here is just an ordinary guy, like we really don't know much about him. But what we're going to see is this, is that he's going to teach us lessons on how you can have an extraordinary life. Even though, you know, you feel ordinary, you, like Joseph, can have an extraordinary life. And he says in verse 18, and this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. And like, we don't really know anything about Joseph here. He's an ordinary guy. He's, a, he's not a super spiritual guy. He's not a super successful guy. He's a blue-collar guy. He's, a, he's not a religious leader. He's never been to, like, Bible school or seminary or anything. He's just an ordinary guy whom God is going to choose to do extraordinary things. And that's what I want us to see here this morning uh, is how God used Joseph and how God could use us. I mean, think about the story. The story's like ridiculous. I mean, it's an impossible story here. And I don't know about you, but if this was me, like I'm running for my life, right? I mean, uh, somebody comes to you that you're dating, you're going to get married to, you're engaged. And she says, hey, you need to know that uh, I'm pregnant. But it's not like you think. It's not like you think. It's a God thing. And uh, it's not like you think, you know? And so I would, I would be thinking like, 
Who's this crazy person? You know, I, I would be on the run here. And just look, I'm still a virgin. You know, I'm pregnant, but I'm still a virgin. It's like, uh, time out. Those two words don't go together, you know, pregnant and virgin, you know. And so that's not ordinary here. I would think, you know, Mary's delusional. I mean, really, she, she appears delusional. She appears like she has lost her mind, like she is this crazy person. So I don't know about you, but I'm gone, right? Like, hit the road, Jack. Don't come back no more, no. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. We're going to hit the road, Jack. I mean, we're out of here. And so I'm running. I'm going to blow the scene. But really, you would want to have a conversation with Mary that went something like this. Mary, would you just be honest with me? Would you just tell me the truth here? Like, who's the other guy, Mary? Who's the other guy? Like, like, who's the father of the child? Like, Mary, who's the guy that's ruined my life? Like, this is ruining Joseph's life here. Yeah, I thought I could trust you, Mary. And uh, there would be, would not there be intense feelings of betrayal? Wouldn't you feel betrayed? Intense feeling of betrayal here? And so, uh, just tell me, Mary. I mean, did you lose your mind in the moment there? You know, was it against your will? Like, like what happened, Mary, that we arrived at this conversation here? But Mary is convinced and her, that her story is true. She says, Joseph, I'm telling you, I'm still a virgin, and it's a God thing here. And God did this. And he doesn't know what to do here. So look at verse 19. It says, Joseph to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. I want to stop right there. That's like all we know. We don't really know anything else about Joseph, you know. He's just right with God. Not a self-righteous, rigid, judgmental that we tend to think like that's what a righteous man is. No, he's just right with God. He's a small-town guy. It's a blue-collar guy scraping out a living. And he's like this. He's like this. Joseph would say, I love her. But I can't go on like this. I just can't go on like this. I need to put an end to this craziness here. And so Joseph, a righteous man here, okay, wants to dump her. Just wants to get in your notes there. Joseph had plans to dump Mary. Had plans to dump her. But his destiny was to marry her. I want us to think about that. You see, Joseph was saying, I will let her go her way and I will go my way. And Joseph, you need to see, he's broken. He's confused. His heart is absolutely broken here. And so, and in this context, in this context, the only way out, this is legally binding, was through death or divorce. There's no other way out. And so he's just thinking, I'm just going to dump her. So I want us to see this. He wanted to go in a direction that was absolutely opposite of the direction that God wanted him to go for his life. He wants to go in one direction, dump her. God says, no, this is your destiny. Absolute polar opposites here. And so Joseph now is being called into his destiny, completely against his desire, completely against his desire there. And, he's, and God says, I'm giving you an assignment. I, you know, and Mary is telling you, telling the truth here. And so Joseph has a vision for his life to dump her, which is opposite of God's vision for his life. She is his destiny. Now see this. Here's what I want us to see. Don't anybody miss this. God interrupted the ordinary plans of an ordinary man here with extraordinary purpose. 
See, God takes you, you feel ordinary this morning. You have ordinary plans, you have an ordinary future. But God, when he engages, when he enters your story, like this story here, it was with extraordinary purpose. And so I just want to ask you this morning here, what are your plans for your future? You know, uh, what would you do? I mean, maybe, maybe you feel like you're an ordinary person, ordinary Joe, ordinary future. And so regardless of your dreams, what would you do if God decided to interrupt your plan? Like he did Joseph's plan here this morning. What are you going to do if God shows up with a plan that you're not planning on? What would you do there? And so when God enters your story in your notes, he doesn't hesitate to ruin your plans. Really, because he's got a far better plan. He's got a far better plan for your life here. The Bible says his ways are, are above our ways. They're past our finding out here. And so verse 20, but after he considered this, you know, divorce and all that, an angel appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David. Now, how terrifying would this be? Watch, how terrifying would it be to see, a, to see an angel? But he doesn't notice this. Notice, he doesn't say, uh, don't be a terrified of me, but don't be terrified to take Mary as your wife. As terrifying as an angel would be here. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife here. In other words, you're going to help God accomplish his will in Mary's life here. And you're going to take her as your wife. And so really what this represented was this. This is an opportunity against his desires, okay, to be obedient, watch, but it defied all logic, defied all reason, but he chose to trust God. He chose to, an ordinary man chose to trust God, and it changed history of all people for all time. And so maybe maybe you're here this morning, and, and you feel like that, you know, that you're just ordinary here. So terrifying to him was this, was this uh, not just an encounter with an angelic being, but deciding to take Mary as his wife. And so, 10 words that would really change his life forever here. Now, we need to be clear about this. Joseph didn't want that future. Joseph, he's freaked out. This is going to wreck his life. This is going to ruin his life in his eyes here. And so, Joseph, watch. Joseph was about to step into someone else's story. No longer about Joseph. He's, God is calling him to step into someone else's story. That's one of the great things of life, is when God calls you not to live just, you know, our selfie life, but to step into another story. And so, um, really, that's what we're doing with the orphans, you know. We're stepping into the story of a hundred orphans uh, you know, halfway around the world, and we're, and we're blessing their story. Well, that's what Joseph was doing here. And so, uh, and just as God knew Joseph, the, the angel says, Joseph, son of David. Like, how do you know who I am? The angel knows his name, knows his history, you know, knows his heritage. You're the son of, uh, you're Joseph, the son of David knows everything about him. And so and maybe you're here today and, and uh, God knows you. God knows your name, knows your history, knows your heritage, knows everything about you. God has a destiny that he's calling you into, just like Joseph here, to set aside 
my plans, your plans, because God really has a greater plan here, is what this story is shouting to us. And so a small act of obedience in his life, watch, a, a small act of obedience, it's like, it's like dropping a little pebble in the water, and it just ripples and ripples, and you don't even know the impact that it's going to have. And here generations and thousands of years later, we're talking about an act of obedience of an ordinary man 2,000 years ago. So in your notes here, when God enters your story, watch, he disrupts everything. He disrupts everything. And so God enters Joseph's story, calls him to walk by faith. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't, can't get his mind around that in any way whatsoever here. So the angel said, Matthew 1, 20 there, the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She's going to have a son. Now, watch. Joseph, here's your role. Here's what you're to do. And you are to name him Jesus. You've got to stick around, Joseph. Wherever Mary goes, you've got to go. For he will save his people from their sins. So, Joseph, you have a new assignment. Joseph, here you have a new responsibility. You're going to give him a name, and his name is Jesus here. And you need to lean into this. You need to lean into this here. For this, Joseph, is your new life. You see, when God entered his story, he has a new life. And so, uh, and I think the reality is this here, of many, many people's thinking, is that people think, you know, uh, that I can have an encounter with God and it can have no effect on my life. Like I just do my life, normal, you know, business as usual here. But you see, if God has entered your life, here's the reality. If you've had an encounter with God, it really changes everything. It completely changes everything in your life there. And, uh, I, but how many people do you talk to? How many people do I meet, you know, that they talk about, you know, an encounter with God as if, you know, it's like a, an eggnog latte. It's like, that's how, that's like, it's like, it's like a sip of God, a sip of, you know, peppermint mocha, you know, a sip of toasted white chocolate mocha, a sip of God, you know, it's like, it's all, it's just kind of all the same, you know? And so, uh, uh, but here his whole life is disrupted when, when God enters his story here. And so, but how many people think like, yes, you know, I believe in Jesus, you know, but I've not been disrupted by him. If you've not been disrupted by him, you've really never encountered him because, uh, I mean, think about it. Just think about this. How can you, how can you, uh, encounter God? Okay. Uh, you know, like Joseph here, he's got a new assignment, new destiny, steps into Mary's story. But, but how can you encounter God? God, you know, enter into your story here. The creator of the universe, right? The very God who spoke the worlds into existence, just spoke them into existence by the power of his words, created the solar systems, created the galaxies and all, created of all things, and it's just eggnog latte, just business as usual. I mean, I, I mean, it's just, hey, God and I, like, we're, we're good. You know, it's just, you know, we're chill. You know, and that's it? I mean, David, you know, I mean, uh, Joseph, here. you look at it, he encounters God and it completely turns his world upside down. And this is what happens when you meet God again here. When you meet God, he, he really does disrupt everything here. So now Joseph's life is taking a turn where he's going to play a supporting role in Mary's story here. Because Joseph didn't do what he wanted to do. Okay. He was able to do what God wanted him to do. And it changed Mary's life, you know, forever. She couldn't have made it without him in that culture in that day. So, you see, again, Joseph didn't want this future. He didn't want it. But he obeyed God, watch. 
He obeyed God in spite of the inconvenience and the implications it would have on his life. And so, ordinary guy, right? Ordinary guy. So God says to the angel, hey, cancel your plans, because I've got another plan for you. And it may, not, it may not be your desire, but it's your destiny. This is your destiny. And I want you, Joseph, I want you to give your life to Mary, okay, to give yourself completely to this purpose and to this intention here. Joseph was never the same again. His life was altered forever when he said yes to God here. So I just want to ask you, you know, this morning, Christmas season, you know, uh, because, you know, we have the nativity scenes, you know, everything looks so peace and calm and serene, you know, and together there. But when God enters your story, you know, he disrupts your life. He alters your life and has your life been altered? And so anybody here a planner, you know, you're, you don't have to raise your hands, but you're a planner here. You, know, you love to plan your day and your week and your month, you know, or your year. But if you're a Christ follower here and, you, and God has entered your story, he'll ruin your plans. He'll just ruin your plans if you really, if you really want to follow him. Because, see, the story, it, it shouts at us that God doesn't hesitate to change your plans here, that you have for your life here. So you see, really, there has to be a moment in your life where you encounter God and then you, and then you, you lean into that encounter. That's what it looks like to follow him. He enters your story, then you, you lean into, into, into him encountering your story there. And you, and you have to decide that you're going to follow him, you know, like Joseph did here. Verse 21. So she's going to have a son, and you're going to name him Jesus. Here's what we need to know about Jesus. Here's all Joseph knows about Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Like, that's it. Like, Joe... There's one coming, you're going to name him Jesus. There were all kinds of Jesuses in that culture, zillions of Jesus. He says, but this Jesus is coming, and what will differentiate him is he's coming because he's going to uh, forgive people, save them from their sins. And I get it, you know, church world, people think, oh, you know, sin, you know, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, you know, now they're going to judge me and all that. That's not the point at all. That's not the point here. In this culture, they they understood something. It's like, given here, a Savior is coming that's going to rid people of guilt and shame that comes from sin here. And so God picks a very common, ordinary name, Jesus, here. And everybody knows that name, right? Uh, now, uh, but it's not ordinary anymore. Even, you know, agnostic atheists, is not ordinary. But here, Jesus connected to this one concept, that he will save people from their sins. And so, and what is so crazy is that at this time, that's like common knowledge, okay? This would be common knowledge that it's understood, it's understood that people are broken because they're broken We need somebody to save us from our brokenness here. So he's actually saying that he's coming that he'll save you from yourself, from yourself here. He came to save you from what is eating away at you from the inside out here. Tiny little words, sin, with such immense implications here, immense ramifications. And so Jesus is coming and he will get rid of the shame and the guilt that comes from sin. Now think about this. Think about this. You know, regardless of what you, where you've landed with sin, I'd just like to invite you to think about this. Are we hardwired? 
Are we hardwired to have a system to get rid of sin? Is there anything about us here where we have the capacity that the human, uh, that it's in the DNA uh, uh, of us to be able to purge ourselves of sin? I mean, where do we go for that? You know, it's not part of the DNA of the creative process here. So what happens is sin gets into us, gets into our system, and we have no way of getting it out. And so sin, what it is here, it really is a description of my brokenness and your brokenness. And so it's something that is desperately wrong within me here, within, within me as a human being here. So think about this. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed uh, that when you just, in a moment of, you know, honesty, like just brutal honesty, and you identify, you know, something in your darkness there, and uh, that seems to stick to you, that profoundly just it seems to stick so deeply, you know, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's anger, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's lust or envy or fear or whatever, but things, they stick to us so deeply, and then you try to shake yourself free from them. You know what I'm talking about? Try to shake yourself free and, and you just don't be, you just can't do it. You know, it's like, it's not this external thing that you can wash it off. There's something so broken in the depths of who we are here. So if we're going to understand sin, we need to understand that, that it's because we are intrinsically broken to the depths of our being here. And sin is that part of us then that's broken. It is the darkness of our story that comes to full expression and consumes us. So in your notes there, when God enters your story, what does he do? But he, 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 he addresses your brokenness. And see, he understands the problems. You know, like people say, you know, well, why doesn't God solve this problem? You know, world hunger. Why doesn't God solve the problem of wars? Or, here's why. He understands it. And I don't know, but he understands the problems of the world will never be solved unless the problem of sin is solved within us. He shall save his people from their sin. And so if God could fix the problem in us, he would fix the problem of the world around us. So he came to save you from yourselves. In your notes, he came to save us from ourselves. Verse 22. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, a virgin will conceive a child, and she's going to give birth to a son, and they're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Oh, time out. I just thought they're going to name him Jesus. Now we're going to name him Emmanuel. Like, is it Jesus or is it Emmanuel? Like, verse 20, uh, 21 there, name him Jesus. Verse 25, he calls him Jesus. Now you're slipping in this Emmanuel thing right in the middle, and like, what is that all about? You know, and the message is clear that, that, that this Emmanuel is going to usher in a new day, a new, a new era here. So Jesus, Savior, right, but now we've got Emmanuel. We, we love the, this idea Jesus, you know, uh, saves us, loves us, and all. But now, Emmanuel, like why? Like, why do we have to have Emmanuel? Like, after we, isn't Jesus enough? Like Jesus, you know, we encounter God and all that. Like, isn't, isn't that enough? Like, what, why adding Emmanuel to it now? And so here's why. Here's why. If you're here this morning and you've listened maybe, you know, carefully, like just to your heart and your soul and quiet moments, you know, and you recognize, you know, there's, there's guilt and there's shame there. And there's this God that loves me and this God that knows me. And, um, but here's what he doesn't want. 
Okay? His name isn't simply Jesus because he wants to have a transactional moment in your life, and that be it, where he saves you. Done. Go on with your life. His name shall be called Emmanuel. God is with us. What kind of us? Not very good us. Not very nice us. Sinful us, and God is with us. So he will be with you. And so um, you never have to worry where you stand with God because God says he's coming to stand with you. He's coming to be with you. That's the kind of God that he is here. And so because we were never designed to live apart from him. Yes, the awesomeness of a Savior, but he's more than that. He's the God that comes to to live with you, to be with you. And so in your notes, when God enters your story, to be with us, because we were never designed to be apart from him. Never designed. So Jesus, Jesus came because we're created to have relationship with the creator. Designed for that here. And so... The story of Christmas, why we tell it every year. The Virgin Mary came to give birth to the Son of God. It was the beginning of a new story. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And every problem in humanity would be changed by this story if we would just give our hearts back to him. And so what I want to do to kind of close things this morning is this. I just want to create a little space where we could respond to that story. And so we're going to do a little candlelight thing here. <clears throat> and one of the reasons we're going to do it is because I figure some people maybe can't make it tomorrow night. I hope you can. It's going to be awesome. Completely different service than this one. But just in case you can't, I want you to have this experience. So it's our gift to you because watch, watch. All you've experienced this Christmas holiday is the commercial, you know, Christmas, cultural Christmas. Uh, But what we're going to experience now, here this morning, tomorrow night, really is sacred. This is sacred Christmas. This is where you can't get this at the mall. You can't get this anywhere else. You can only get this here. So this is God's gift to you to experience sacred Christmas here. Isn't that awesome? If you could just bow your heads with me. I just want to give us a moment for some space here to, uh, to process uh, Christmas here. And I want to begin with this, with this thought here. That for some of us, um, perhaps you're here and maybe you feel a little disconnected. Maybe you feel a little bit that God is out there. You feel far from him, uh, that he is not near. And you know where you stand with God. And, and, um, and let's just be honest, you know, wherever we, wherever we stand, you know, maybe your story is that you just don't know. Um, you don't, you don't really know, you know, you never really considered God and, um, but maybe some of us are here and we would say, if God were out there, I want him to find me. If God were out there, um, and I can know him and I want him to find me and I want him to show up in my story. And you might say, you know, um, I feel like a little bit in the kind of on the outside here looking in, but if God is real, and he is who he says he is. And if Jesus really is Emmanuel. I, I would love to, to know more about that. 
If that is you in just a minute, I'm going to ask you in just a minute, not now, but in a minute, I'm going to ask you just to turn your light on. And if, if you're here and maybe you're just kind of trying to sort that out and you'd say, hey, God, if, you know, you're out there, I really, really want you to, to find me. And so in a moment, I'm going to ask you to hold up your light so that I can pray for you. And by doing that, you're going to say, I just want to acknowledge to God that uh, I'm holding up my light and I want him to be the light of my life. And so I want to be right with him. So if you're here this morning and you want to have um, the faith to follow him. And you're saying, God, here I am. God, I know you see me. God, I know you love me. I'm going to ask you to hold up your light there and say, God, I want you to be the light of my life. And if that is you, would you just take your light right now and turn it on like me, whoever that is. I need to say, God, I just, I want you to be the light of my life. And Father, I pray for those whose lights are on. And Father, I know some people, we, we don't even know what to believe or life has been discouraging and I don't even know if I can know. But right now, I'm just, I'm taking a step and I'm saying, God, if, if, you're, if you're out there and you're real, I'm here and I would like to know you more. I would like to know that that you are real and that you exist. And if you were real, would you make yourself known to me? And I need to cross the line this morning. I need to cross the line of faith. I'm ready to trust Jesus with my life. And it's making a little more sense to me. And, and I believe. And this really is the greatest gift exchange ever that you give your life to Jesus because he's given his life to you. And so if that is you. I just want you to whisper a, a simple prayer. Whisper this in your heart. Jesus, I give my life to you right now. If you are here ready to trust Jesus and cross the line, ready to cross the line of faith, you say, Jesus, I want to give my life to you right now. I need your forgiveness. I need your healing. I need your love. So go ahead. If you haven't done that and you needed to do that, turn, turn your light on. And you see, I want to know more about Jesus. Just whisper the words. Jesus, I give my life to you, if that's you. And some of you would say, I can't even explain it. Somewhere in my life, I just, I'm opening my life, my heart to Jesus. And he's changed everything for me. And I want to just take a minute and say, yes, he is my life. He is my savior. And so for the rest of us, you're a Christ follower. And you want to have Jesus be the light of your life in 2019. You just raise that light and you turn that on. Turn it on, all of us. Let's stand to our our feet and just make that a declaration this year, this upcoming year, that, that I want Christ to be the light of my life, to lead me in my marriage, to lead me in my personal life, my employment life, and all of my life. I want him to be the light of my life.